You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 309. And on the show today, uh, later on, I'll be having a a catch-up with Vampire Stepdad. But joining me right now is Holly from Parallels. Hi. Hi. How have you... How how are you? I'm doing just fine, thank you. It's good to chat with you again. Yeah, well, we haven't... uh, talked in a while right right (laughs) and that's all we had to say to each other (laughs) anyway uh you know i said hey i want to do a a quick catch-up with parallels because of course you put this album out and then uh, right before we recorded i uh, sprung it on you that you're just going to join me for the first part of the show i'm more than happy to we're going to wish some people some birthdays and thank some patrons and of course talk to you and get a little catch-up from the uh, a catch-up from the album you just released that that sentence isn't correct (laughs) it's fine it makes sense enough so look what we're going to do is this i'm going to play a song and then when we come back you can uh, get us all up to speed, and then we'll listen to some tracks from the album and have a chat, and uh, and that's what we're going to do. But first, we're going to listen to a song from TLF from the album Planet Sadness. All right, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We got some new ones here, and one patron who sort of joined and then quit the next day. <laughs> so I don't know if I still have to acknowledge this person. I will, because I think the way Patreon works is it does take the money the second they put it in. <laughs> but I think if you're out there and you're the kind of person who just wants to support the show, like with a one-time donation, that's what the PayPal is. So I think the PayPal will be a little easier instead of uh, donating and canceling uh, moments later. But I would like to say that Brandon Decker has upgraded his support. Who is now in the 3389 Club. I don't know what that number means, but it's very special to Brandon. Is that number special to you? 33 is very special. What about the 89 part? Uh, It could be special if we want to go there. I guess if you were born in 89, are you thinking of a sex thing? Oh, Andy. No, this is a family show. (laughs) I apologize. Always goes there. (laughs) Look, Brandon, uh, thanks for upgrading your support. Check out this song. This is TLF with the track Honey Hive.
And that was Honey Hive from the artist TLF from the album Planet Sadness. Hive, of course, is an acronym, H-I-V-E. I don't know what it stands for, but it's a cool track. And it was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Hey, Tatsuya Miwa has upgraded his support. Yeah. That's right, he's now in the Triple Six Club, the Mark of the Beast. And speaking of followers of the Beast, I have here Holly Dodson, <laughs> uh, also known as Parallels. Yes, that's me. Hello. Hi. So you're you're gonna sort of join me for the first little part here, but why don't you I don't know why I'm doing I'm doing like big radio host with you today. I'm not sure why I'm doing this. <laughs> Tell me <laughs> I like it. <laughs> It's very exciting. Yeah, it's just like the nice, uh, calm and relaxing uh, catch-up that you had in mind with me on the other end going like, Hey, hey, now we're going to do this and talk to you. <laughs> it's like, hey, Holly, do you want to come on the show and listen to me talk? <laughs> 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 and the answer is anytime. Well, look, it's your turn now. <laughs> no, it's seriously all good. I like when other people talk. Well, then you're going to love this part because now you're going to talk. So no. tell everybody about the uh, the album because you just released an album in the fall. Yeah. And now it's the new year, but it's still the new and uh, fresh still album. It feels like the fall. Yeah. still feels like the fall. So, yeah, I put out, I guess it's our fifth record now called Supersymmetry. And we're still waiting for the vinyl to be pressed and finished, but that should happen this month. So, yeah, check it out. Super Symmetry. Are people having issues with vinyls right now? Yeah, there was a big shortage. I mean, chip shortage. Let's just blame everything on the chip shortage. Yeah, that's why I don't have my new laptop. Yeah, or it's like the store doesn't have broccoli because of chip shortage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like I think there was like multiple factors. Just There's a fire at a vinyl factory that actually makes like the vinyl right. itself. And then... Um, I guess just like everyone made albums and want them pressed on vinyl. So there's a labor shortage and I don't know. I'm not the expert, but it's taking a while, but it'll be worth it. I'm sure. Well, that's the bottom line, right? So people have yeah. that exciting stuff to look forward to. Yeah. Does this album have a theme? Yeah. Well, so I ran a Patreon page. I'm taking a break from it now. So to kind of like get inspired and I have to do a shout out to the Patreon people who helped make it happen. But it's just like a super introspective album. And my lockdown album that I made over the lockdown. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> this all checks out. Go on. <laughs> it all checks out. And I don't know. I was kind of like not super inspired to write. So after forcing myself to get in the studio and start letting it all flow, it really picked up again. So it was kind of like a rough year. 2020. I don't know if you remember. No. <laughs> <laughs> We've chosen to what happened? I don't know. My dad keeps sending me that meme of Keith Richards and he's like shirtless on a yacht or something. And he's like, where is everybody? That's my dad's profile picture right now. We should, we should, we should let the audience know that your dad is Keith Richards. He is. Yeah. And he was wondering what the hell is going on <laughs> 28 days later. So, and it just kind of became just really introspective and really, really inspiring time. I think this is my favorite album that I've written. And I saw you when you were, uh, when Michael Oakley was filming his thing, because you were there that yeah. day. Yeah! 
I know. So nice to see you. So that was fun. That was like the first time I saw anyone. Yeah. Like besides family, like that was like the first thing I went to where there was like people I knew. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I remember this because you were there and Dana was there and mm-hmm. of course Michael and uh, and a bunch of other people. Yeah, and everybody, which was great. And you were you were at that time. I recall sending out press. You were doing press. I was, and you were like not helping because you were talking to me the entire time (laughs) i love whenever i finally get together with people like for some reason i treat that as a time to just be a complete goof and so i just kept on bouncing between people to say hey let's say something stupid to you and then uh, move over here and say something stupid to you and well and the and the best part was because they were filming we had to be quiet in the back so it was like whispered directly into my ear Mm -hmm. like i couldn't just like kind of ignore you it was like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's no way to ignore you. <laughs> no, it was really fun. It was fun. It made emailing fun. Okay. Well, yeah, because you got to send out a lot of emails. Yeah. Well, you know, this indie artist thing, it's a lot of emailing. It's not as glamorous as everyone makes it out to be. Yeah, no part of this is glamorous. No. And most of it's really boring. And that's the thing that sucks. I mean, not that I'm a a musician, but I mean, like, even just all the the behind-the-scenes stuff I have to do is just sort of time-consuming, busy work. Yeah. But then you have these, like, little moments of magic when you're creating something or you're playing a show. You know, all the hard work, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, that's why I did all that stuff. Are you prepping for some kind of live thing when the uh, things activate again? We are. Yeah, it kind of feels a little surreal, but I put together a whole new band. It's an all-star band. Mm. I know you know our dear friend Florence Bullock, aka Glipbiter, mm-hmm. is going to be joining on keys. Ooh, that's exciting. Which is very fun. And backup vocals. So this is the first time I've had another female bandmate, and I'm just so excited because usually it's just like all dudes. Mm-hmm. and then my friend christopher pedraza on drums and he actually took some of the supersymmetry photography there's some film photographs inside the cd and vinyl so he's joining on drums and we're adding a guitarist for the first time ever colin knighton who also has a project called son of fly so it's it's like a whole new space because i realize so many of our songs have guitar now so it's pretty rocking so what's your brother doing because he, he used to be your drummer. He's a talented drummer. I know. Well, he's always welcome to come back, but he just can't join the spring because he works. So he just can't join, unfortunately. But he's actually staying with me here in California right now. And we've been having rehearsals and he's been kind of like the Simon Cowell of right. <laughs> the family and just like walking and being like, that was wrong. <laughs> it's always a useful person Play to have around. This way. Yeah, yeah, we're like, Nick, did we even ask for your opinion? But no, he's been great. So, you know, we're just kind of like one big family. And of course, Oliver Blair, uh, Radio Wolf, is living over in Europe now. So, you know, we're making it work. You know, you've been on this show before and we've discussed that how, you know, as Parallels has gone on, it's sort of been this kind of ever morphing thing. Yeah. With you as the constant. Yeah, I mean... I just get bored otherwise. So it's always scary when it starts to evolve. I don't know where it's going to lead, but I'm just excited about it. So, because it's something new and something fresh. Yeah. Well, how about we listen to a track? Sure. This is how the album begins with a track called Stardust. I'd like to say that this is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Uh, The Kings of the Pattersons, Chris Dance, Mike Shima, and Mystery Donor... Do you want to say hi to Chris Dance and Mike Shima? Yes. 
Hi. And the especially the mystery donor. <laughs> Yeah, we still don't know who that guy is. Anyways, <laughs> uh, let's listen to this. This is Stardust by Parallels. Was parallels with the track Stardust from the album Supersymmetry. Mm-hmm. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There is Tim Carlton, the Golden Boner, <laughs> and also 
Do you know the Cisco hold music? It's like one of the most famous hold musics. Wow. Uh, it goes like... Oh, is it kind of inspirational? Yeah, and it's sort of... Uh, it's just like one of the most famous... Anyway, it turns out this guy made it. <gasps> what? We haven't talked about it yet on the show. Wow. We're going to have him on. That's legendary. Because, like, who wrote Happy Birthday? You know? Like, everyone knows that song in the yeah. whole world. Tim Carlton. He wrote Happy Birthday, too. But uh, <laughs> anyway, the point is, uh, he's a cool guy, and thanks for supporting the show. And, of course, my semi-sonic friend, Jacob Wick. Jacob Wick likes semi-sonic. Cool. Do you remember that song? Closing time. <laughs> so funny. Yes, I do remember it. I was just learning Ableton mm-hmm. and this one YouTube video that I was watching to learn it. Like, he was using closing time backing track as the sample. So I heard it like a million times. Lucky you. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I dream about song. it now. <laughs> Stupid song. Oh, my whole life. But the point is, but Jacob Wick's a cool guy and I don't fault people for the things they like because some people like uh, some silly things mm-hmm. and that's okay. I think I just have this weird resentment when people don't acknowledge the thing they like is stupid. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I've watched Mortal Kombat Annihilation several times in my life. Mm-hmm. It's a horrible film, but just because I get enjoyment from it doesn't mean I can't also admit that it sucks. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, some people like Smash Mouth. <laughs> so. <laughs> but the point is, we're here right now with, with Holly from Parallels. Wait, so, but what software are you using or were you using before? Like, you're you're switching to Ableton? Or are you doing it for live? Like, what's going on? No, I, well, we were using Ableton, but I'm just using it in a better way. I did a deep dive into Ableton. I'm more of a logic Pro Tools person. Mm. So Ableton, you know, has like a totally different setup. Anyone who produces music and uses Ableton will know. It's it's good for looping and DJing and stuff like that. So I just had to wrap my head around it and it made me feel smart again. So, because I cracked it. Yeah, it feels good to really like when you know the keyboard shortcuts and stuff, like there's always shit to yes. learn with the, with the software you use. And like, I just recently stopped paying Adobe money. Oh, wow. Because I don't like their subscription services for like, you know, Premiere mm-hmm. and After Effects and Photoshop and stuff. And so I tried to find some alternatives. So instead of using Photoshop, I bought a program called Affinity Photo. Wow. Which is like a one-time purchase, but then you have to sort of relearn it. But then in the process of relearning it, as I'm watching tutorials, Mm -hmm. I can sort of start doing things that I didn't do in Photoshop because I'm like, oh, that's fun. And I'm writing down the keyboard shortcuts and trying to be more efficient and stuff. Totally. Because there's some things that like annoying workflows that I do in Pro Tools. I'm like, I'm sure there's a shortcut for this, but in 13 years, I never Googled it. Yes. So it's like finally just becoming more proficient and so worth it. It's just everything's on YouTube. Just go watch YouTube and learn things. You know, every time I edit, there's probably a thing I do multiple times a session. Like I'm always shrinking and growing the window or something. Mm -hmm. And then for years, I'm always doing it manually. And then one day just what is the shortcut? Just <laughs> L. And then you just press L and the thing happens. I'm like, why have I not been doing this my whole life? Like just just one key. Yeah. Wait a second, but you also mentioned fucking uh, uh Pro Tools as yeah. well. So like AKA no tools. I joke that it's called no tools because you don't really get anything with it. But mm. um It's a good joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I usually program in logic and then I bring all the stems over into Pro Tools, record my vocals and mix 
in Pro Tools. Right. And then okay. for live, now we're using Ableton because it's just, it's solid. You know, it doesn't crash, knock on wood. Yeah, it's a pretty cool program once, once you wrap your head around it. So, well, people seem to like it. I get it. I get it, people. I just like to tell people I like uh, FL Studio. Because that seems to be the one that everyone's... Pretty loop. Yeah, everyone's just like, oh, it's like for fucking babies or whatever. So whenever people ask, I say that's the one I like. I love that cereal. I don't know that I do. I think fr- I like the idea of Fruity Loops. <laughs> but then when you actually eat them, they're kind of tasteless. Yeah. Lucky Charms is better, I think. Oh, yeah. It's dessert. What's your favorite cereal? <laughs> Life, hands down. I don't think I've ever eaten it. What? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because you don't have a life. Wah, wah. I thought you were about to say, like, because you're Canadian and then forgetting your roots now that you live in L.A. Uh, never. Never. I'm just, like, <laughs> drinking coffee and pretending it's Tim Hortons right now. Well, that's probably better than actually drinking Tim Hortons coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it tastes really good. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite cereal? You know what I like? Quaker Oat Squares. Oh. Did you ever have Quaker Oat Squares? Comes in a blue box. Like just plain shredded wheat? No, no. Quaker Oat Squares is, it's like a crunchy cereal. Not shreddies. Not shreddies, although I do like shreddies. I like honey nut shreddies. Oh, those are good. Yeah. I didn't used to eat sugar cereals when I was a kid. So I appreciate that Lucky Charms is good, Mm -hmm. that it's like sugary and delicious and stuff. But what I liked about Quaker Oat Squares was it's the right balance of it's kind of sweet and it stays crunchy in the milk. Oh, I love that. That's great engineering. It doesn't feel like you're eating a health cereal because it still has some sweetness to it, Mm -hmm. but it's mild enough that it also conversely doesn't feel like you're eating uh, a candy cereal either. Mm -hmm. The box it comes in, you know how like when you go to the cereal aisle and sometimes you'll think you're getting a deal where it's just like, oh, it's only like two fifty for fucking whatever, like shreddies <laughs> this week. But then it turns out it's like the four hundred gram box instead of like the seven fifty or something, and you feel like. And then when you grab it and you compare it to like the big box of cereal, and you're like, what's this weird cereal comes in weird dimensions? Yeah, you know where there's like a giant box that you think is like that's the normal box, mm-hmm. and I think it's all part of you know like over the years how they try and change like if we went back in time mm-hmm. and we saw like the size of the things like. Hey, Hey man, remember when like Mr. Biggs used to be like a foot long and like and now and they, they sort of like shrink them every year just a little bit. But yeah. They still charge you the same. I've noticed that with Halloween candy. Yeah. Yeah. Because I bet you, man, I would love to go back in time and just fucking measure. That would be cool, actually. That's the other thing I've always wanted to do, too, is um go back in time and uh, smell the shampoos and stuff. Oh, that would be interesting. Because you notice how they sort of cycle the scents, mm-hmm. you know, like it'll be like, oh, Pert Plus has a new scent. And then you'll use it and go, this kind of smells like the Gillette shampoo I was using. Mm-hmm. And then two years later, they'll just go back to the old way it smelled. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, oh, Pantene changed its fucking scent. And it's like, you're you're like, oh, I like the way it used to smell. And then like two years later, they bring back the classic mm-hmm. scent. And it's like, oh, you know, it's, it's all just a way of fucking uh, tricking the consumers. Huh. Like into thinking they're getting something new or making them nostalgic for yeah. like times past and then giving it to them and then you like them even more then they take it away again and then they take it away basically to just show you who's in control exactly the corporation yeah (laughs) (laughs) we've solved a huge world problem we certainly have do you want to listen to another song sure all right well let's listen to fantastique 
by Parallels. I should say it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the Kroner Club. We got Emil and Hampus ML. And then we had a new patron for about five minutes called Once a Moose Bit My Sister. So thank you, Once a Moose Bit My Sister. For supporting the show, you're a cool guy. That is, of course, a reference to uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which is a great film. And I appreciate the reference, and I appreciate your support. So uh, thanks for supporting the show. And now, let's uh, listen to this song. This is uh, Fantastique by Parallels.
And that was Parallels with the track Fantastique. And I'm here right now with Parallels. Holly. Hi. Hi. I should say that that song was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, the coolest guy in town, City Hunter. And then we got... uh, (laughs) Well, Brandon Decker, we mentioned him earlier for upgrading his support with the 3389. And then the 3333 Club, it's Retro Serenade. And with the 33, it's Mr. Magoo Samurai. Anyways, hi, Holly. Hi. I love the number 33. It's, it's a great number. Yeah, there was a period of time in my life where every time I looked at the clock, it was always at the 33rd minute. Wow. And it happened... Every day. And I know you can, I mean, obviously there's a logic to this where it's like, well, actually, how often did you look at the clock, Andy? Like, you know, <laughs> you could probably break it down that we could I, really make it not fun by analyzing it or we could just like make it magical. Yeah, because you know? there was a period of time where there wasn't a day that went by that I didn't look at the clock and my eyes met the clock right as it was at 33. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, what does it mean? What does it mean? But then I never thought to think. Did you also look at the clock like 400 times a day, constantly like flipping your eyes back and forth? Like literally just now, I just saw the clock because we're recording at 2. It's 2.33 and I just saw it switch it's, from 32 oh, to 33 as I was saying 33. that. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Synchronicity. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> but fun. So when you were doing your introspection and and writing this album, Mm -hmm. what was Fantastique? That song is, it's about a femme fatale, basically. It's actually inspired by this story, this composer who wrote a whole symphony for this woman that he was in love with. And she didn't like really know that he was in love with her. And he like invited her to the symphony and then she didn't show up and he went like absolutely mad. And this song was kind of like inspired maybe from like her perspective so it's just like a song about a femme fatale and i actually got my dad to record guitar on it Ooh, that's cool so we kind of did a email back and forth because he's in toronto so yeah it's kind of a rocker and live it's really rocking so it's, it's been really fun to rehearse though and we're going to play that as part of our live set so how often are you guys getting together to rehearse like are, is this something you're sort of building towards like you're just sort of sussing it out right now or are you like officially going like every friday it's fucking band <laughs> meet like what's happening yeah well we're kind of more flexible with practices we've been rehearsing quite a bit because everyone has to learn the songs and We have to figure out what works because they're playing a bunch of new tracks from the album. So at least once or twice a week, we've been rehearsing because we have a show coming up for anyone in the L.A. area. We're playing on March 4th at Club Decades in Hollywood. About a month from now. Yeah. Like it's, it's just been really fun to have band practice again because it's been two years. So, you know, like I said, I had to relearn everything. So where's where do you guys practice? At your house? Yeah, at my house. How far is Florence from you? She's about an hour. Ooh. Yeah. Which I think in LA time is like not that bad. Do you mean she's literally, it takes an hour to get there, but she's actually like two kilometers away and just because of the traffic? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you mean? She's a mile away. Yeah. yeah. No, um, I think it's about an hour, but it's just a straight shoot down the 405. So uh, we're trying to have practice when there's no traffic, but again, LA. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's been super fun. 
and I just feel like myself again, practicing for shows and booking tours. And we're going to do another tour later this year. So hopefully we'll come back up to Toronto and play a show. Well, maybe I'll show up to that. You freaking better, Andy. <laughs> I still feel weird going out, to be honest with you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's felt kind of like normal-ish here for for a while, but I know Canada. We went back over the holidays, and it, you know, the headspace is definitely different. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All in due time. I mean, like, I don't want to feel weird anymore. So, I mean, like, yeah. I will have to start uh, going out more often. And I mean, I'm I'm as protected as you can be. So, I mean, right. there's nothing more I can really do mm-hmm. unless I turn my complete blood into fucking. <laughs> vaccine <laughs> Pfizer <which> I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pfizer just, would love that yeah yeah I'm sure they would <laughs> just replace the blood <laughs> I'll be fine hey you want to help me wish some people some birthdays oh yes now normally what I do every week because I just do this by myself and I have nothing to say so I look up facts of what happened on on this day on their birthday mm-hmm. but uh, I'm not going to bother doing that today because I'll just have you here and we can we can wish a uh, a very happy birthday on February the 6th to Mr. David Lavalley Jr. Happy birthday. He's a cool guy. He's been a, a patron for a long time. Cool. And I appreciate his support. We all appreciate you. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the bottom line, right? I mean, I think that, uh, you know, you're, you're obviously a, a talented musician and you've got fans and people who enjoy your music. And of course, we couldn't do it, you know, without them. Yeah. It's a team effort here. <laughs> I just like... <laughs> <laughs> just like handing someone just a piece of shit and just like, hey, see what you do with this. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and uh, and then what else? And on the um, February 11th, just a few short days after that, five, it is uh, Joe Esposito's birthday on February the 11th. So happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Joe. That's Joe Ozone and Joe... Bafflingly has been enjoying Boba Fett the television show, <laughs> but he likes the Boba Fett part, which I think the entire universe has unanimously decided that that's the worst part of the show, but he likes it, and so we're happy for him here, uh, everyone at the show. You're not really a Star Wars person, are you? Well, I like the original three, mm. as like the rest of the world does, but yeah, I mean, Brad... Brad's watching Mandalorian and Boba Fett. Does he make you watch it with him or? No, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I'll say this. Last week's episode where they brought Luke back. Uh-huh. Did you see any of that? Nope. You should just see it just for the effects. Okay. Like, because they're deep faking, like, Mark Hamill onto, like, another actor. Yeah. And it looks pretty good. Cool. Deep fakes freak me out. <laughs> yeah, like, it, there's, it's still a little wonky at times, and I understand people's apprehension of deep fakes. Because, like, the head and the body are, like, never quite accurate. You got to see the, what they did with Luke. Like, they, whoever they're deep faking the face onto, they cast an actor who has, like, a similar face structure. Okay. So, anyway, the bottom line is this. Boba Fett show, the first four episodes were just kind of not that exciting, Mm -hmm. but it's because he's always got his helmet off. But then Joe is sitting there going like he likes it because he he likes to see the actor's face. Ah. I'm the complete opposite. Like when a character has a cool mask, I want them to keep that mask on. 
that's cooler to me. Like, I like characters with helmets and cool masks and stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It always used to bug me in, like, the Spider-Man movies how, like, he would always just be taking his mask off all the time. Yeah. And then in the third film, every time he got, like, slapped, his whole mask would just fly off. Wow. That's not a well-made mask. When you're Spider-Man, just keep the the mask on, right? That's my personal opinion. what's going on, Marvel? Yeah. Make a better mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can afford the world's top engineers. Yeah, that's what I say. <laughs> Anyways, the point is, this is me wishing a happy birthday to Joe. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday, Joe. Yeah. He's in a better place because he's uh, he's happy about all this. Good. No, I love that. We need happiness. You know when people like like bad things? Like Smash Mouth. Yeah, and you can sit there and like feel bad for them, or you could be like, well, hey, isn't that great? So that every time this garbage song comes on the radio, this person's actually happy to hear it? Like, good for them. That's good. That's a, a spark of good energy. Yeah. So anyway, that's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, how about this? Let's listen to another song. Okay. I want to listen to this one called Handle With Care. And it's uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Of course, uh, with the 2666, it's Hugh Hefner. And in the $25 Club, we got Clint Dowling, A Star Apart, <gasps> Alex hey. Ellickson, Blake Peterson, Cargo Cult Luo, and Eurobeat Intensifies. And I hope you dig this. This is Parallels with Handle with Care. <laughs>
And that was Handle With Care by Parallels from the album Supersymmetry. <laughs> and that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 club like Honeybeard, Jimmy the Hut, Joey Richards, Johnny Five, Kempson, and Ken Jeru. And I'm here right now with Holly Dodson, a.k.a. the front woman of Parallels. Hi. I also just heard like imaginary horns going off when you were like saying all that stuff. You're like, wow, wow, wow. Like, you know, those like really obnoxious ones. Well, I'm glad that my voice <laughs> conjures the sound of obnoxious horns in your imagination. <laughs> Oh, you mean you wanted me to go like, uh, and uh, thanks to all my patrons like Marantha. Exactly. (laughs) That's the horn sound. And uh, that also counts as Marantha's shout out. So thank you, Marantha, for supporting the show. (laughs) She's in the $25 club. Along with people like Neverman and Restless Nights and Robot Conglomerate. I can just read some more names. You know, Sir Micothy in the $25 Club, along with Techno Ben and Slade. That's a great name, Techno Ben. He's a cool guy, too, because he's a awesome Patreon supporter. You know Ashley Keegan, right? Forged in Neon. Yeah, of course. She's got a, a new Twitter account, also as an awesome uh, patron. Anyways, look, okay, enough about that. How are you? Great. Missing Canada and all of my Canadian friends. Well, you come up to Canada and you can see me with a big old mask on my face. Mm-hmm. And it's so cold there now. It's weird because it's February right now and it's weird because I have to keep reminding myself it's February. Right. Well, because you're in L.A. Yeah. Why is my phone vibrating? Turn that shit off. Know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> You know that old figure of speech? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys are practicing. You got a show at the beginning of March. Where did you say that show was again? It is at Club Decades at Bordner's in Hollywood. And that's on March 4th. Club Decades at Bordner's. What's Bordner's? It's a really cool club. There's like two rooms and the stage is kind of like outside in this courtyard area. And it's kind of like gothy and it's cool. And this, this event's really fun. Club Decades is the party and Bordner's is the venue. Oh, okay, okay. So Bordner's is the fucking actual place. Yes. And then they have a name for th- an event and you are yes. playing as part of that thing. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Wait, is that where you in Florence were? You sent me a picture of you guys one day. You got a new uh, goth hotspot. Oh, no, that was a different one. That was a different one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was Das Bunker, I think. Which is a really old event like that's been going on forever okay because i know there was like another uh i don't want to say secret goth club but there was like some sort of goth club and then oh yeah i think like the managers turned out to be perverts or something is that what happened that one got shut down yeah that was cloak and dagger and it sounded like a pretty cool place (sighs) they were uh (laughs) grooming young women which is a really cool (laughs) thing to do put it this way when i find out that the weird goth club also happens to be uh, owned by weirdos who are doing like lecherous things to young women. It doesn't like surprise me. Like I'm not gonna be what? You mean the weird fucking goth club where people are, like running around with like zippers over their mouths and their bags hanging out? It's just like a weird place to be. Like oh, that's surprising. Well, it wasn't like that. Like it was very. <laughs> it is in my head. <laughs> it was Hollywoodized. Right, right, right. They're all actors and stuff. So it's just you know like people like to like start special quote-unquote special clubs you know and make people feel like vip right so that's kind of what it was 
I, I only went a couple times, but... Did you feel like a VIP? Yes, because I was there with my dear friend Florence, and she invited me. So I felt very special. Well, she likes to dress up like a goth. I know. Yeah, I love wearing all black, too. That's like my inner goth. That would have been like a fun dress-up thing to do, because I don't really go out and dress up. And I always thought, well, if one of these days, if I ever get my passport and I actually visit L.A., that would have been a fun <laughs> well, thing to do. we can just do our own fun goth night. Like at my house, it'll just be like an actual safe space and you can stay with me and we can play great music and it'll be really fun. Right. Will there be women to prey on? Uh, <laughs> is that what you want? Well, listen, if you, if you want to do the proper goth club experience, I want to be able to walk in there and pretend I'm like an actual vampire. <laughs> it's LA. You can do stuff like that and it's very normal. Oh, you're a vampire. Cool. Yeah. What's your Instagram? (laughs) (laughs) But look, people should go listen to your album. Yeah. Super Symmetry. Please do. Where should they get it? On iTunes, and it's available on CD via my Bandcamp, which is parallels.bandcamp.com. And yeah, we have a vinyl in production right now. Or come out and see me at a show, and I'll have them there. Well, if you're in the L.A. area in March, you can go to Bordner's and check out Night Cinema. What the fuck? I forget it now. <laughs> Club Decades. Club, Club Decades. Decades. That was a night cinema. I didn't get any of the words right. Night cinema. <laughs> <laughs> that could be cool, actually. That could be our goth party that we have here at my house when you come down. Well, one of these days, it'll be a, a fun thing to do. I'll dye my hair black. Oh, well, last time I saw you, it was a little like salt and peppery. Oh, yeah, it's getting gray. It's very distinguished. Well, I'm a very distinguished guy, if you didn't <laughs> tell from this conversation. <laughs> anyway, look, obviously, it's, it's been fun to, to catch up with you. So fun. Originally, my plan, this is still going to be the plan. We were going to do a, we were going to record this in December, but then I had to reschedule because I had too many shows. We were going to do a, um, a ladies' night part two. Yes. Because we did a podcast uh, fuck, it was like several years ago now, but it was you and Dana and Haley, uh, Mecca It does feel like just yesterday. That was Yeah, really but it was fun. a long time. Think about it. We were together. Mm-hmm. I had video games set up and we were playing Mario Kart. Yep. So think about that. It has to be at least three, four years ago now I that know. we did that. Isn't that crazy? I know, but I'm way better at Mario Kart now. <laughs> but the point is, we are still going to do that. And of course, that was when I was going to be like, oh, and then we'll play tracks from all their new albums. But since I realized that that show is probably still two or three months away, I'm like, well, we, we got to talk about uh, <laughs> the new parallels before then, or else it's going to be like a year old by the time we, I know. we get to it. So people should go check it out. Well, I appreciate you having me on and getting to chat again, because yeah, it's it's been a long time. And I miss you. <laughs> hey, how do you feel about uh, Joshua Winter and Chatterack? How do I feel about it? <laughs> <laughs> They're just the patrons in the twenty dollar club. I'm, st- I'm trying to say, I'm, I'm trying to like naturally <laughs> throw in like more patrons as I'm saying goodbye to you. So it says. Well, I feel great about that. How about Waylon Caskey Geospatial in the 1988 club? <gasps> wow, stand up people. What about Toots in the 1986 club? Toots. Toots. It's very. Uh, 1940s kind of throwback name. That's mm-hmm. cool. It's cool. In the 1985 club, there's Rachel and Sarah Buchelman, who are twins. Wow. How does that feel? <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite goodbye I've ever given anybody. <laughs> this is the longest goodbye. So, like, how about instead of saying goodbye, just read you my list of patrons? <laughs> 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 
Anyway, look, I, I hope you have a lovely day, and it was lovely to chat with you. Thanks, Andy. You too. You'll be back. I mean, that show is probably like three months away, but uh, we are going to do another Ladies Night show with everybody. Yeah. And people should look forward to that. I can't and wait. In the meantime, go check out Supersymmetry, and you have, what's the weather like in L.A.? Clear skies and golden sunshine. Well, fuck you. Because I have... Uh, <laughs> have fun shoveling, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> I have to. It sucks. And the walkway is so thin, and I have to, like, smash this ice because there's, like, water dripping oh, off no. the roof that makes, like, a like a ice puddle. Like, anyway. My dad said he gave up, and he's just going to emerge in spring. That sounds like a good plan, man. Yeah. Maybe I'll go hang out with your dad. <laughs> I'm sure he'd love that. <laughs> he needs something to do, right? <laughs> Anyways, uh, so you take care, and we will uh, we'll talk to you soon. You too. Bye, Andy. <laughs> All right, and that was my quick catch-up with Parallels. I hope you enjoyed that. It's always fun to catch up with her, and of course she will be joining us again in a few months when we do the uh, Ladies' Night Part 2, which uh, we haven't recorded yet, so maybe I'll stop talking about it. In the meantime, let's listen to a track, and uh, then I got a letter to read, and then we'll go catch up with Vampire Stepdad, all right? So this is The Future Kids, and it's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Gene Creamer, Private Eye. Mads Baron Christensen, and we will never forget the immortal Chris Celia Lane. And this is BMX Chase by the Future Kids.
right, and that was the Future Kids with the track BMX Chase. And uh, that, of course, was brought to you by my awesome PayPals. That's right. You can support the show by going to Beyond... Nope. Yeah, you can go to BeyondSynth.com and click on the PayPal button, or you can go PayPal me. Is that what it is? PayPal.me slash Beyond... Hold on. What the hell is it? PayPal.com slash PayPal me slash Beyond Synth. Is that correct? Anyway. The point is that I want to thank uh, these awesome people who support the show, like the king of the PayPal's Upgrade Jimpy. And then, of course, there's Ross Bruce, the Silver Bruce, Austin Whetstone, Jimmy Groon, the Rosconian, Brandon Morin, Digital Dreams, Gustav Velichek, Dan Williams, Adrian Lawrence, Russell Nice, Timothy Warwick, Jersey, Cal L. Jagger, Christian Alexander, Echo Vector X, and Kai Frank. Thank you. I have a quick letter here to read. It's from Sir Micathy. We mentioned him earlier. He says, Hi, Andy. Thank you for including Micathy in your show so quickly. What a delight. You nailed the pronunciation of my made-up little word as Micathy. That's just a way to spice up a boring name when starting a new Zelda Shovel Knight or other medieval adventure game. The name might receive knighthood someday. Thanks so much for your work on the show. It's very cool, and I'm glad to be counted among your fans. Mike. All right, so that was Sir Micathy. Thanks for the kind words, Sir Micathy. I see you probably wrote that message before you called yourself Sir Micathy, so there we go. It's always nice to uh, see people knighted. Uh, so look, I want to listen to one more song, and then we will go catch up with Vampire Stepdad. So the other day I was chatting to somebody in probably an interview that we are not going to hear for <laughs> four months, but uh, I was talking about how, you know, since I've been doing this show for so long, there have been these different phases of the synthwave scene, and sometimes I'll go back and listen to an album and go, oh yeah, like this, this was the sound of that period of time, and I haven't heard it in so long, and so I started talking about Laserhawk's album Skull and Shark, because there was this point where I listened to Skull and Shark quite a bit, because I thought this album was just really fucking cool. Then I just realized that I haven't listened to it in like seven years, and so I went back and uh, pulled up Skull and Shark, and then I was reminded of this song that I've always loved from this album, and I said, you know what, hell with this, we're gonna listen to this, because I've been chatting with Laserhawk lately, and I don't think he's making any new music. So I guess we're just gonna have to enjoy all the old stuff, and I want to listen to this. This is Lawless by Laserhawk.
All right, and that was Laserhawk with the track Lawless from the album Skull and Shark. I think this album literally came out a month after I started Beyond Synth. It was it was that soon after, maybe or maybe two months. I had just discovered the scene. I think I just listened to the other uh, Laserhawk album, Visitors, and then a month or two later, this came out, and it was like the heyday, you know, when you just first discover the scene and you find some artists that are really awesome. And since you're listening to an album that was actually like made the year before, all of a sudden they come up with a new one like two days after you discover them, and it's really exciting. And uh, so that's always a cool thing. Anyways, uh, look, let's go catch up with Vampire Step. Dead. All right. Well, I am here right now catching up with Mr. Vampire Stepdad himself. Hello? Annie. How are things? Things are okay. Now, I know we've caught up before, but it's been a few years. Are you still doing the alias thing? <laughs> Oh, yeah, let's not repeat that episode. No, I don't want to. I'm just saying uh, I... I um, no, uh, well, yeah, yes, no, I don't care. What I've realized, I've introduced myself by the name Tony to a few people, mm. and I've had some people correct me <laughs> and say, no, you are Vlad. Oh, right, okay. So, uh, you know, if I was introducing myself to someone, like, face-to-face, yeah, I'm not going to tell people I'm Vlad anymore, just because it seems a little pretentious. <laughs> It feels a little pretentious. Uh, okay. And then there's that one time when I actually met another guy named Vlad. He's like, really? Your name's Vlad? I was like, um, no, no. <laughs> but I'd still definitely sign things, Vlad and all that, you know, because in some aspects, you know, it's, you got to give the people what they want. You know, the people they want, they want the whole vampire stepdad thing. And, and I'm, I'm very happy to do that for them. Basically, then you, the musician, vampire stepdad the person who plays the music is called vlad Mm. as part of the whole package and character of vampire stepdad but you yourself Mm -hmm. are actually tony yes okay such an exotic name well i mean hey man look my name's andy so i know what it's like to have a two-syllable name that ends with a y (laughs) (laughs) look how much we have in common andy i know and I also lie about my name when I sell used items on Craigslist. <laughs> well, actually, I don't use Craigslist. I use a Canadian equivalent called Kijiji, uh, which is like, yeah. it's the same sort of deal. Yeah. And I don't use my real information. And I was talking to someone else in the synth scene who lives near here, and they were selling stuff, and they were laughing at me like, why do you do, go with a fake name? And their profile was just their name with their picture. I'm like, mm. I don't want these weirdos knowing, like... I've had so many weird interactions mm. with people like selling used items. Yeah. I want to get a new laptop and I'm literally selling everything I have. Mm. Like I'm like second guessing everything about everything I do. I'm like, <laughs> do I really use this camera that much anymore? Like how many pairs of pants do I need? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if I could sell you could, pants. You could. I guarantee you could. But then I would recommend you use your real name because that'll get you more money for those pants. Just saying. Oh, I get it. Because of my cachet of being host yes. of Beyond Synth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so someone can tweet, I'm wearing the pants that Andy last wore. Mm. I'm telling yes. you, man. Yeah, that's true. And I'm a thin, I've got thin legs. So, like, I don't really, like, wreck pants with any stretching. Mm. Except in the groin area, if you know what well, I mean. Well, it's wrong, well, you know. <laughs> And somehow I stretch them inwards because of how small it is. <laughs> anyway, look, man, we're here talking to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to waste time talking to vampires. No, no, no. Let's talk more about your pants. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, so I have a fake a- alias on there. And then a funny thing happened the other day where I was selling something and someone came to the house and they asked my landlord where I was by the fake name. And the landlord's like, what the hell are you talking about? And then like I had to like run out like, oh, it's me. I lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. I've had a few packages that didn't get delivered because they're like, who the hell's Vlad Lugosi? And uh, wait, so. do people really like usually the mailman just kind of goes like, is this the right number? Fuck it. And then just throws it at the door. Well, uh, yeah, my my mail carrier struggles sometimes so yeah let's not open that can of worms <laughs> right they but yeah i know no i know it says my address and everything but they're like no this is a different name than the other stuff so but that seems like the opposite of struggling because that's almost like putting too much thought in like struggling is like didn't deliver the package because they're an idiot but like you're right you're right actually knowing your name is almost going above and beyond yeah basically there's somebody like a mile and a half away that has the same house number as I do. What? And I get a lot of their stuff and then I get some of my stuff. Are you in the country? No. No, I'm in the suburbs. What? Yeah. I don't know. I, I blame it on inefficiencies due to decisions in the USPS. I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. They have the same, but a different street, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally okay, different okay. street and everything. <laughs> but but the, the, the mail carrier is just like, oh, well, this is a number. I'm just going to look at the number and assume that this applies to this one house right okay okay, there are two houses with the same number so yeah i don't know (laughs) yeah somehow talking about mail delivery seems like something very appropriate oh yeah this is vampire stepdad you know these are the things this is good radio right here or (laughs) podcast or whatever yeah well how have you been been good took a little vacation for like 18 months you know and, and didn't really go anywhere uh at all nice so that was fun other than that though uh you know pretty good had a had a long stretch of uh, not being able to make any music. Uh, I was really jealous because uh, lots of other musicians, when the whole COVID lockdown, all that stuff happened, they were like pumping out music, and I was like, "How the hell can you write music when everything is awful?" And so that sucked. Or are you are you one of those people who's like driven by your emotions? Oh, you know, Boo. no, it's just it's all money. It's really all money. It's just <laughs> like I could make twenty bucks if I write another song. So let's do it. No. But I finally figured that out, and then uh, got some discipline. And uh, forced myself to start working. And uh, what, it, what was I saying? It was, um, I was wooing the muse. Nice. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't want to sound pretentious by telling people I'm my name's Vlad, but I will say that I'm wooing my muse. I finally figured out how to write music again. And uh, then I did. And uh, pulled together Sanguine and put that out. And it's done really well. So I'm doing, doing pretty good. Is your muse your wife? No. I don't know. It's the whatever the, I, you know, I don't have like an actual muse like the the fantasy fairy that dances around or whatever. Uh, Just my ability to write music, Mm. you know. I'm now going to hold you to this ridiculous metaphor and get you to explain it to me in detail. So the muse you're (laughs) wooing is what? Well, all right, all right. Let's get nitty-gritty. This is exactly how it was happening. Better not be my wife, Vlad. I I would sit down (laughs) at the keyboard, and I'd start to plink away, and I'd just be like, why isn't a song coming out? And I'd do that for like... 15 minutes and get mad and then stop doing it. And I just kept doing that over and over again. And uh, I, I kind of started thinking about, you know, creativity and where it comes from and stuff like that. I sort of realized that I was, I was kind of taking my creativity for granted. I was just sort of sitting down and say, hey, be creative. And uh, it wasn't working. And so what I did was I literally scheduled a day of the week on Thursdays at three o'clock. I would literally turn out all the lights in my studio and I would light some candles. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nice. And make it romantic. And then I would sit down and I'd try and write some music and I'd spend one hour trying to write music. And if I hadn't done anything in an hour, I would quit. But I would always make sure that the time between three and five o'clock on Thursdays, I I couldn't schedule anything else. So you're doing time blocking. Uh You've blocked two hours. Mm -hmm. But if in one hour nothing happens, you're allowed to stop. Is that correct? Exactly. Exactly. So, you know. So the muse is discipline? (laughs) Yeah, basically. Because, yeah, basically it took me like two weeks. And once I started like actually rather than trying to, to bang on my head and make music come out, I was like, let's make this a thing and let's take care of ourselves. And uh, then I started writing music and it started working really well. I was less stressed because rather than being like, you know, in the middle of some day where I've had a crappy day, I'm like, I should be able to create great music right now. Instead, I was just like, you know what? It's okay. I'll wait till Thursday. I'll work on it Thursday and it'll be good. And yeah, that worked out really well for me. So I, I called it Woo in the Muse. Nice. Putting on the candles, setting the mood. Well, I'll tell you what I call it. Yeah. I call it time blocking. Sure, sure, sure. And there's some great tutorials about it on YouTube where ladies show you their schedules and how they block out chunks of time. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's a wholly original idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just rebranding it and uh, I'll, I'll put it into a package and make it into some online course on Skillshare. Nice. And... Uh, teach other people how to do it i don't know well if you if you have to like categorize that tutorial under something i would categorize it under time blocking because <laughs> blocking. that's where gotcha. everyone's gonna look i only know about this guy i've been watching all these videos of ladies showing me how to time block because i'm trying to use my schedule my calendar more uh-huh. so i don't have something quite down to like what you're doing like where i'm like today's mm-hmm. the day i do this but i am trying to be more specific about like having the daytime where i see like because you know all these experts in uh productivity are saying like you don't want to have a to-do list you want to just have periods of time that you block to do certain tasks but if you have a to-do list you will struggle with it or whatever Mm. yeah i get that i get that in general that's kind of how i do the rest of my life and for whatever reason with music i was just like no that's like that's different and you know you can't rein it in or blah 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 whatever but it was better to just rein it in and treat it like you would kind of anything else yeah but with candles some would say that you are unflappable ah References. Love it. Let's listen to it. Okay. This is a track from Sanguine from Vampire Stepdad. It's called Unflappable. And let's listen to this right now. Woo!
And that was Unflappable by Vampire Stepdad from the new album Sanguine. <laughs> and I am here right now with Vampire Stepdad himself, Tony, or as I like to call him. Wait, are you are you an Anthony? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Well, just, Sorry, that wasn't more exciting. Like, no, uh, I was, yeah, <laughs> I guess no one does. No, anyone ever call someone like name their kid Tony, like full on Tony? I don't know. Maybe I'm sure there's somebody, you know. But yeah, they're just kidding themselves. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, the point is, yeah. you found a way to work through the doom and gloom mm. with the power of time blocking, and here you are, and you've managed <laughs> to put out uh, an album. What, what's sanguine about? I know that word because I played Elder Scrolls, and usually all the missions involving vampires would have sanguine in there, but I... Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, after a depressing period of not being able to write any music, I was thinking a lot about when all of this blows over and we can all get back together and have fun at shows and stuff, and I was just like, I want to have well one i want to be able to play shows again and two uh when i'm playing shows i want to have a bunch of fun with everyone so i wanted to write an album that was all about fun and uh dancing and and having a good time and so that was my focus with sanguine was trying to write just upbeat and fun stuff and i was trying to think of what to name the album and um i came across the word sanguine which i think most people know sanguine as you know basically blood or blood related or blood red or all the blood things but it actually has the second meaning of to have hope in a otherwise hopeless situation and i was like are you kidding me right now because like this is perfect because i wanted an album that felt hopeful and we were all in a hopeless feeling situation and it also happens to do with blood and this whole vampire <laughs> stuff that thing and so it's like it couldn't be more better perfect so i went with sanguine and what's really funny is i'm realizing now how few people know like people who've only seen tweets and stuff about it don't know how to pronounce sanguine and so uh sanguine? You know, people, like, is, it, is it sanguine or what <laughs> my favorite is when someone's like it's sanguine like penguin yeah i just know uh in elder scrolls you can get turned into a vampire and then you have to do this really obnoxious quest yeah remember on the playstation version of oblivion mm. you'd get the game of the year edition and it had a a specific glitch which prevented you from completing that mission nice there's this old lady in a shack and you had to give her all of these ingredients and then at the last minute she wouldn't accept the fucking garlic <laughs> like you're giving her garlic because she has to make you a soup to drink mm. and she wouldn't react like you had the garlic in your inventory like it just didn't show up in her view yeah the only way to complete that mission was to literally like get a disc of the not game of the year edition and then complete the mission and then put the game of the year edition back in oh Bethesda yeah when you think about it all the bugs are just like a meta game that's true yeah so it's like a real life video game of trying to figure out how to play a video game. And the other day I I bought the, because uh, it was like 20 bucks to do the upgrade to the uh, whatever, what the? game of the century edition or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I saw that, like I didn't know anything about that coming out and I just saw uh, like a video trailer of it and I was like, is this a gag? Like, because, you know, I mean, how many times have they remade Skyrim? And nope, it's legit. They've yeah. got a 10th anniversary edition. And like, was it even a year ago that they put out the like ultimate definitive edition or whatever? Like, I don't know. Um, let's see. Well, maybe that was like two. Remember, because co- COVID year yeah, that's true. messes everything up, right? I feel like it, it might even been more than two years because I got it for the PS4 
Pro, and I remember playing it, and I feel like I didn't play any Skyrim over mm. COVID. Yeah. But here's the biggest joke. I paid that money as sort of like, almost like, yeah, whatever, I'll do some new fishing game and do some farming or whatever. <laughs> Get some higher res textures if I'm playing with a next-gen console, but mm-hmm. I bought it the same night that I got to Grand Theft Auto, so I'm like, what, what am I wasting this money on Elder Scrolls for? I'm just going to keep playing Grand Theft Auto Definitive Edition. <laughs> and boy, was I wrong about that. Yeah. So... Yeah. The point is we can all learn a few lessons from Tony and block some time and make music instead of playing horrible remasters with companies that are just trying to rip us off when we could be producing wonderful music. Well, I will say this real quick. The whole GTA Definitive Edition, people have been really talking about lazy developers, blah, blah. I happen to know a person who worked on the Definitive Edition and the things that she worked on and her team worked on, they worked their asses off. But not everybody can make the decisions that need to be made. So it's not everybody. But yeah, I just I needed to defend my friend. How the how the hell am I supposed to feel about this now? <laughs> Holy smokes. <sighs> I wanted to go on a rant for another 30 minutes, even though this this episode's going to air in March. And people are going to be, why the fuck is he still talking about that? He got his <laughs> refund like four days later. And he's... <laughs> That's the only problem with the way I record this show, because I'll record interviews in bulk, and then if I'm, like, really worked up about something one week, (laughs) and then it's, like, seven months later, I'm editing the show, I'm like, why am I still talking about this? Like, I'm sure the listeners are like, wow, he's really mad about this movie, and like... (laughs) And it's weird, because that guy died so tragically, you wouldn't think Andy would talk such shit about him, but here we are. (laughs) And, like, Andy died last month. (laughs) Well, listen, condolences to your friend, because that game was garbage. But the thing is, I know it's not not the fault of the employees of of places. Not that I want to speculate, but they needed some more time, and I don't think they were afforded the time they needed to do a thing. And it was a very cynical release on uh, on Rockstar's part. But whatever, man. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I guess. Well, you give your friend a big hug. Okay. And then break their neck and say, stop (laughs) making games and making Andy upset. (laughs) This is for Andy. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> you specifically hurt his feelings. Everyone else, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm wearing his pants right now. <laughs> They're really tight. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have a buddy who worked at uh, Ubisoft, mm. and some of those big game companies, like just the, the things that happen, just sound so frustrating when you're not like on the yeah. inside, like where they'll just full on like make a game that sounds cool and like a year and a half into it, cancel it, and like they just go, well, to the employees like well you're working on assassin's creed now and like just send them yeah. to another department or whatever and like whatever happened to that cool egypt game we were working on like it's not happening anymore you're uh yeah. working on that hacking game or whatever yeah uh working for giant corporations yeah man i love it Woo. they pay all my bills mm. i've been bought and sold by well obviously not rockstar but no <laughs> I mean, I wish. I, I don't care. Like, I mean, if someone just gave me a lot of money right now, I would say, oh, this is the best game I've ever played, and I just wouldn't play it. I actually just re-downloaded the originals, and somehow, like, they play better. But, mm, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a wacky time we're living in, Tony. I tell people, you, you, gotta, you gotta not buy things day one, but nobody listens. Well, okay, you're absolutely right, and I literally bought it when it came out. Mm. I pre-ordered it an hour before midnight. Uh. Sometimes I can be really insatiable, (laughs) like a vampire for blood. Uh. I know I'm going to buy something, and so there's part of me that's just like, just buy it. Like, Am I just going to sit here and fuss about this or just buy the damn thing? Yeah. But 
you know, sometimes we, uh, you know, we believe these companies because they they present us with a, a most potent promise, mm. and sometimes they fail to deliver. But in your case, you delivered with a lovely album, and I'd like to listen now to a most potent promise. Mm. But <laughs> you're a king of the segue today, man. Yeah, I'm trying something mm. new today. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's working, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's listen. This is Vampire Stepdad with a most potent promise.
And that was a most potent promise by Vampire Stepdad. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Do you still work? Yep, yep, yep. Oh, yeah, I'm not, yeah. Vampire Stepdad's not paying anybody bills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to pay my bills, baby. No. I'm going to exploit the shit out of this episode. <laughs> Vampire Stepdad spills all, has friend inside the business. What really went down at that company's name, who I don't know. <laughs> anyway, were you working from home? Yeah, lots of working from home, so that worked out. But, of course, you know, double-edged sword, because you're safe, but you're also mindlessly numbed by the same surroundings all the time. And Yeah. You love your family, but it's a lot of time with them. Yeah, I know. You got to look at them and stuff. Ugh, you know. It's ridiculous. They talk to you. They want you to talk back to them. Ugh. Yeah. No, I love my kids. I save all my talking for the show. Uh, I can imagine. My actual family asks me questions. I just sort of glare <laughs> at them. Yeah. I just say like, listen, man, I'm saving myself for the show. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of strangers out there who need me. Make your own dinner. Are you on my Patreon? And yeah. then you don't get an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I should do that. <laughs> hey, Daddy, I need help with work. Uh, yeah, that's the $5 tier there, son. <laughs> so, can you do proper work from home? Sure, yeah. I got an internet, and I got a computer, so, yeah, I can do proper work. Were you doing Zoom meetings? Yep, some Zoom meetings. Lots of uh, Zoom meetings and working stuff at home, sending stuff in, so it worked out okay. When was the last live show that you did? So, I've done two post-pandemic live shows now yeah so that's a lot of fun to outdoor shows Uh, the first one was in uh, like september and it was like 95 degrees outside and everyone was sweating like crazy Hmm. but it was so nice to see that like even though it was not a great experience people were still just so damn happy to be there and be out and like enjoying live music and it was fantastic uh, even though we were all sweating like pigs do you ever find it ironic that in the early days of the synthwave scene, all the artists wore masks. It was almost <laughs> like they were preparing for this year, but then now most people are unmasked at this point. That is ironic. It's all yeah. backwards. Yeah. I like pointing out irony. Mm, you've done it. You've done it again. It makes me feel really clever. Put another notch in your belt, Andy. <laughs> I have to. These pants are so tight, all these belts, I have to add extra <laughs> holes because mm. my waistline is so thin. Yeah, maybe you should just sell those belts and get some elastic pants. I don't know. I see this guy for some reason. I'll see these ads on YouTube with some dude who's like, feels like he's designed the perfect belt Mm. and then he was also in a youtube ad saying that he had designed the perfect wallet and it was the same guy Mm. like who is this guy he's got a factory he's got this little metal wallet that holds like six cards and it's just like this is the most perfect wallet and then he was also there advertising this belt how do you feel about that yeah i don't know i i I use a pretty old-fashioned belt Mm. and i think all those fancy wallets are silly but you know hey to each their own yeah i guess so if you want a hard plastic wallet in the back of your pocket have at it like i don't really buy many like new clothes and there's certain items i just don't give a shit about and so like wallets are one of them like i'll just use a wallet for decades until it just disintegrates and it's like well i guess i need a new wallet (laughs) and i'm like that with shoes too oh i'm the exact same way like i'll wear shoes into the ground i hate buying shoes so much if i find a good pair of shoes i will buy a second set of them yeah just so i can put off shoe shopping for another like eight months like yeah for sure that's the thing about clothes shopping like because my wife will sometimes do it for me where she gets me shoes mm. it's just like oh just order them online and i'm like yeah but when you order shoes online and they come and it's like yeah you know you really have to try them on in the store because sometimes yeah. it's like yeah it's the right size but then it's like oh this shoe's too thin yeah or something mm-hmm. i know pants is different i feel like once you have your dimensions down you can kind of get away with ordering pants online yeah i'm the same way yeah. though as you as like when i have a thing i like 
Like if I order like a t-shirt from a place or something and it's like it's the right size and, and shape and stuff. Like whenever I get t-shirts, I find, you know, there's some brands where you have like these like kind of pointy shoulders. Mm. You know, it's like it's a medium, but it's fucking, it, there's like these points and I look foolish. And then sometimes I'll put on a t-shirt where it's like, <laughs> oh, it's nice. It's got the nice ring in the perfect place around the neck and the shoulders are sort of rounded off. And, mm-hmm. and then when I find that, I'll just go back to the shop and just like, well, I'll just order them in all the colors and I don't have to buy t-shirts for another uh, yeah. 20 years. Yeah, that's called shirt blocking <laughs> and it's the most efficient way. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. And my second show was a, a, a Halloween show and that was a lot of fun too. Did you dress up? No, I didn't uh, because I felt like people were expecting the vampire stepdad sweater. You know, it's kind of a thing. Right, right, right. But lots of other people did which I thought was fantastic. Everyone had a fantastic time, and it was fantastic. I mean, so. that is a costume, though, right? Sure, yeah. Or do you just dress like that? Well, no, I don't wear a wool sweater everywhere I go. Mm. Well, you're in Atlanta, right? You shouldn't wear a wool sweater at all. Oh, trust me. I'm I'm well-versed in how bad an idea it was to make a wool sweater my uh, trademark for onstage performances. Did you ever think of, of somehow faking it? Like getting a more, a more breathable material, but just putting like a, a very thin wool exterior on it so it looks like a thick sweater, but it's actually... Yeah, no, I, I've always said or, that... Or like Batman costumes. You know, like Batman costumes, so they have the pipes running through them with like cool water, you know? Oh, that's even better. Yeah. Yeah, see, I've, I've just always said that once I'm rich and famous, which, you know, any day now, mm. I'll just have a Under Armour version of the sweater made. So I'll be up there and they'll be like, oh, look, he's got that like old school dad sweater but they what they won't know is it's all moisture wicking and i'm like feeling great see look at this yeah great minds think alike mm-hmm. now if i could get that guy with his belt and his wallet to invent that sweater then we'll be all set but i have a feeling that guy has a factory that specifically makes small metal rectangles <laughs> Because all of his items seem to revolve around that shape and material, and so I feel like his factory, that's what it does. Mm. Right now, he's trying to capitalize on every device he can think of that has, like, a small metal rectangle involved. Yeah, he probably, like, inherited a sheet metal factory, and he's like, okay, what can I do with this? Yes. And there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I will go on YouTube if there's a particular ad that I find funny and and actually, like, search it out to watch it more, Mm -hmm. because there's an amazing... This is my favorite ad on YouTube right now, and no one finds this as funny as me, I don't care. It's for a website called artgrid.io mm-hmm. and they sell stock footage. I guess because I look up reviews of like video editing software and stuff. So I think that's why they sure. target me. Yeah. And it's a dude kind of doing a British accent and he's in like a penthouse apartment with these giant windows overlooking a city. Mm-hmm. They've also photoshopped a CN Tower in the background as well to sort of <laughs> make it so he's in some like kind of nondescript location. But the idea of this trailer is amazing because he's like, looking out the window pondering his edit while sipping from this tiny glass and he's like it used to be difficult for me to make a high-end commercial using only stock footage but with art grid io it's finally possible and then it shows him kind of lounging in front of his giant computer screen in front of this window like just sort of considering the edit and all this stuff (laughs) 
and it's just an amazing ad mm. because of the idea of this character they've created of like the this high society video editor yeah. who clearly does not exist and like because every video editor I've ever known including myself yeah. is like some dude who like works in a basement yeah a dark basement yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> halfway like, under his desk yeah you know working like shitty briefs making terrible videos and then this dude's up there like sipping from this tiny glass and then the whole premise also is that he's making an entire project using stock footage <laughs> which so even the premise is awesome and his voice is awesome the way that he says he says footage like 50 times at the ad like and it's amazing it's like uh, my favorite ad and I've watched it so many times where like once they showed it to me I just laughed my head off at just I'm like who is this character like who who is this who is the target audience of this ad like this yeah. person that does not exist it's amazing mega rich video editors you know <laughs> those guys but if I ever I bump my, into one one day it's gonna be really exciting oh yeah you can ask him where what the hell city he lives in where yeah. there's the tower the whatever the pyramid of Giza right next to like Niagara Falls you know, dude it's, it's amazing kinda... it is it is actually like that hold on I'm just gonna <laughs> I'll get my answer in two seconds artgrid.io commercial now I want to look up this commercial god it's awesome let me show you how to create an amazing ad using stock footage go to artgrid.io Look at all this great footage. Okay, that's right. The city in the background is Tel Aviv, but they've added the Toronto CN Tower, and it's only in one of the shots kind of over his shoulder. And I think this actor himself is, like, he's not a British actor, so he's doing sort of an accent. Yeah. It's amazing. Anyway, it's amazing. That's all you need to know. Yeah, he's not doing any sort of color correcting in that room. <laughs> or are you looking at the ad? Andy, I'm all in with you right now. I'm, we're we're going on a journey together. Look at him. Look at him sip out of the little tiny oh. cup at the 10 second mark. Uh-huh. Oh, and now I see the CN Tower. <laughs> this ad is awesome. I wish they had moved the CN Tower around. Like every time it showed the outside, it was in yeah. a different place. <laughs> that would be funny, actually. Then you would know that it was on purpose. There's shots where the CN Tower just isn't there. Yeah. It's only for that one shot over his shoulder. Then you see him on the couch where he's like, He's working on his laptop, but then sort of like sure. turns to his left and just sort of ponders the screen. <laughs> and the screen is just the artgrid.io homepage. So, like, I don't know if he just looks to that homepage for inspiration. He's thinking, oh, good. The webpage is the same on my laptop. Yeah, yeah. My desktop. <laughs> Anyways, he's picking footage. There's a shot of like grass with beads of water, like falling mm. on the grass blades. And then he wants that shot. And then a shot of raspberries falling out of a bowl. <laughs> like, I've watched this ad so many times. <laughs> I've, like, <laughs> scrutinized every aspect of this commercial. It's awesome. And then the, the end, his line is great. Like, at the very end of it all, he's just like, and it's all available, you know, under one subscription. Now, that's a game changer. <laughs> just the way he says that, and it's like just looking right at the screen. Mm. Oh, my God, I've seen this ad a million times. Yeah. It's been viewed 21 million times, this thing. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I imagine that's just because they paid lots of money to sure. make it start yeah. at the beginning of YouTube videos. Or, I don't know, maybe there's a lot of people just like you that are obsessed with it. <laughs> I mean, there there is a lot of funny comments, so people do understand mm. that this is a funny ad. Yeah. Anyway, let's listen to more music. Yeah. Woo! Why don't you pick a track? Oh, man. All right, so you've already done my favorite one, which was Unflappable. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's do track number one with some amazing saxophone by uh, Chris Del Camino. It's fantastic. I keep saying fantastic. But it's a good song. I can't remember what the title is off the top of my head. Montrose. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, Montrose. Montrose. It's technically a reference to Mannequin, the movie Mannequin, and also Mannequin 2. Oh. Uh, and the character in there uh, is Hollywood Montrose. Oh, okay. Then I'll say it that way. It's Montrose. All right. Well, this is Montrose by Vampire Stepdad.
And that was Vampire Stepdad with the track Montrose. Named after something to do with Mannequin. I've never actually seen the Mannequin films, although I'm I'm aware of them. Yeah, they're great. Featuring saxophone by some guy called Chris Del... Chris Del Camino. Chris Del Camino. Yeah. Is he a friend of yours? You know, he's somebody I met on Instagram a long time ago, and he's been, he was on uh, one of my songs on a previous album, and uh, I hit him up again. I was like, hey, let's do some more stuff together. And so, yeah, he's a really cool dude, and man, he can play saxophone. So, it's a great relationship. Well, that's a very important uh, yes. quality to have in a saxophone player. Yes, yes, that is true. Or saxophonist, as I like to call them. <laughs> That's just me. That's an unofficial term, but yeah. Was that like the first track you wrote? Are these all in order of conception? No, no. You know, once I've picked the songs that I really like for an album, I like to sit down and see how they flow into each other and stuff. Do you also do that Thursdays at three? Maybe. I mean, you know, once things were starting to flow, I would kind of screw up my time blocking a little bit and Mm. just sort of go at it when I wanted to. Right. And so, yeah. So the the key was the time blocking is what got you out of the funk. And then once you were out of it, you were like... Vampire Stepdad's back, baby. 24-7. Nice. (laughs) One day I watched a YouTube clip of uh, all the different ways that Christopher Lee died as Dracula. Because, you know, like he played Dracula in like 40 movies. All the Hammer films and stuff. Yeah, and there's like like a whole montage of just all of his different death scenes. No, but I got to check that out. Because I'm sure it's great. Yeah, he mostly just gets... He mostly just goes, ah! Yeah, and gets a thing in the heart, and then a window somehow opens up in front of him and... Sure. Yeah. So what, what you're saying is you just brought up a not very interesting YouTube video. Yes, and now I would like everyone to see it. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, if anyone wants to watch that artgrid.io thing, it's only 37 seconds. Like, it's just a commercial. Yeah. And it's much more compelling and funny than all the other ads. Like, I think they've, they've got other ads as well mm. that are kind of like, they're trying to have, like, quirky characters talking about the importance of stock footage. But this one, you know, it's like lightning in a bottle. It's just the concept yeah. is so bizarre that yeah. it's amazing to me. Yeah, I get that. Maybe if they did some time blocking they could woo their muse and get some more commercials like that well the thing is though sometimes there's things that are just it's like magic yeah you know what i mean like you, you, all the right things have to come together at the right time mm. for you that's 3 p.m on a thursday <laughs> well what's the plan man what's is there, is there something exciting coming up for shows. vampire set the shows shows i want to get out i want to get out of georgia i've only ever played uh in around atlanta I've played in Chattanooga once and I've played in Orlando once and I want to remedy that and I'm hoping to get out and about, get over to the West Coast and, you know, play out there. I got a good catalog of music. Now it's time for me to put effort towards playing some more shows and getting out there and meeting some more people. And I love playing shows. I love meeting people and, and having fun and it's going to be hard to do that from my house so where is chattanooga chattanooga tennessee tennessee yeah it's a pretty cool little city but you know it's it's not you know it's no nashville but it's a nice little city they they had gigabit internet like real early on and <laughs> it's an interesting claim to fame i don't know well because at some point in my life when they had i was like i want to move to chattanooga and uh you know now gigabit internet's not that big of a deal anymore well, but, in some places it is yeah like at my dad's where they still have phone line internet. Yeah, that's bad. So now I get to go that's back bad. home and go, fuck me, like even Chattanooga's got gigabit speeds. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so that's my hope. Just get out and play some more shows. Well, I want you to get out and play more shows, damn it. Me too. See, we're, we're so in line with each other. Yeah, man. Well, look, because yeah. I watched this, uh, this video called... If you talk about another YouTube commercial. No, it was... <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know why I like bringing this stuff up when I'm talking to you. It's like, <laughs> I feel like the joke is like, <laughs> it's like I just want to force it now and just, let's talk about really boring, mundane things for fun. But I always have a good time when we do. It's true. No, it's what true. was that documentary they made of that show? Remember Gregorio Franco was there and you were there. Oh, yeah. Um, Something with wires. Connected? Yeah, Connected, right? Yeah, it was called Connected. It was on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's about the Ecosynthetic Festival. That's right. Yeah, I should go back and watch that. I haven't watched that in a long time. Well, they had a chat with you on there. Yeah. And I was like, why is he giving me the runaround with this alias nonsense if he's on a full-on video interview on this thing? That's what I thought to myself. That makes sense. I'm sorry I I made you so jealous, Andy. Yeah. Hey, man, it worked out. It was a good time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that will forever be beyond synth history where you pestered me about my name for 20 minutes. (laughs) I think it was longer than that. (laughs) You know, that is still personally one of my favorite episodes. Good, I'm glad. I don't think I ever did before or since adopt that tone with a guest. (laughs) At the end of it, I was like, I think Andy hates me. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) But when I listen back to it, I'm like, this is a funny episode. Like, it's... It is. It's very funny. Because I don't often get the opportunity to do that. Mm, Yeah. Well, I'm glad I could be your punching bag for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're just lucky you make good music. So there's, you know, it's, Mm. what's the word? Not unmistakable. Unflappable? No, not even unflappable. God damn it. This wasn't even Uh, a segue. I was trying to say a compliment and uh, I can't do it. (laughs) I'm not very in touch with my emotions. Well, let's talk about that, Andy. No. Why do you think that is? (laughs) No, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Look, man, I just, uh... You can say it. (laughs) Go on. Speak through the puppet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now, the joke is, I do have literally a box right next to me that is full of puppets. There you go. (laughs) So I could do that right now. I have a turtle. Mm. There's, uh, what else? A cat. A rat. Some other puppets I don't want to spoil yet, because they haven't appeared on on Andy's spaceship yet, but they're just sitting there and... And they probably of won't. Of course, by the time this airs, they probably have. So. No. 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 Okay. <laughs> wow, there's some deep there's some deep cuts in that puppet box. Well, see, the yeah, no, that's the problem. Like, there's seriously characters I haven't introduced that, like, that have been sitting there for a year. Neglected. There's too many things to do. Mm. And so now I'm having difficulty. Like, I think I have to start making some hard decisions of, like... Uh-oh. You're gonna have to kill off some characters. <laughs> well, no, I just have to start really saying, like... You know, I'll go on Twitch, and I've got, like, this fucking stream thing that I can hook all the cameras in and go, oh, I'll Twitch stream, too, as well as produce, like, two-and-a-half-hour show every week. And, hey, maybe I'll also make this science fiction puppet show where, like, every shot is a special effects shot. And I'll do that, like, fucking, you know, once every few weeks and stuff. And then I think I just gotta start really saying, like, you know what? You can't do all this. (laughs) Like, stop pretending. Mm, Yeah. And I think the only way I'm gonna be able to really get away with that is by uh, selling some stuff. Mm. And just going like, well, if I sell these cameras, then I can't do that project anymore. And then just focus specifically on trying to get Beyond Synth out uh, on a weekly basis instead of always having it delayed by a few days and stuff like that. (laughs) I know that feeling. Always trying to do all the things. I have far too many hobbies myself, so. Well, I also see you too on Instagram there, like when you're like uh, packaging, uh, you know, Vampire Stepdad merch to send people and you're adding little Mm -hmm. cute little notes and cutouts and things. Yeah, little little ghosties. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. (laughs) 
But that's what I like. You know, I like when people want to put in that extra effort for their their fans. You know, that's nice. Yeah, it's fun to do when you have an opportunity to do something like that. You gotta you gotta take it. Yeah, you man. Gotta enjoy the little things. Yeah, yeah. Well, how about this? Mm-hmm. Why don't you pick uh, uh, one last song from Sanguine to listen to, and then we can wind down. All right, let's do Prospects. I like Prospects. Let's do Prospects. Well, let's do it. This is uh, Prospects by Vampire Stepdad. And that was Vampire Stepdad with the track Prospects. And I have been chatting with Vampire Stepdad, just catching up, having a good time with Tony. Yeah, the one and only. Tony Magoo, that's what they call you. Yep, Tony Magoo's pizzeria. So, are you back to work in the office, or are you still working from home? Uh, yeah, a little bit of both, yeah. Back to work in the office and then do some work at home, too, so... 
that's been nice perfect well then what's the future hold you say you want to do some touring are you working on any new music got any tantalizing bits to tell people I mean new music I just put out a damn album Andy what do you want from me uh, another album you son of a bitch mm-hmm. well uh, give me some time I only have so many Thursdays mm. left yeah true. <laughs> sorry I was just gonna make a joke about how I'm gonna kill you but I, I oh, okay. couldn't think of one in time I thought we were just talking about the impermanence of life well we can do that too ironic man. to have that conversation with a vampire but whatever oh yeah Ooh. vampire the curse of the vampire he has to watch along as all the people he loves <laughs> dies that's so true yeah <laughs> uh, that was Love Bites that was several albums ago <laughs> anyways yeah just shows I wanna play more shows so if you're a show maker person from across the country give me a call and book vampire stepdad for your show yeah and then what else what way have you been doing anything else in your spare time besides music you played any good games watched a good film or television show yeah you know been watching lots and lots of movies uh my the way i was coping through the uh uh, pandemic was just watching a metric ton of uh, horror movies mm. so that was fun did you see a good one? Oh, sure there's plenty of good ones my my personal favorite that i've watched recently was the autopsy of jane doe it's fantastic it's all about this jane doe body shows up uh, at the morgue and this father-son mortician duo are trying to do an autopsy and figure out how she died and uh all hell breaks loose and it's great it's like kind of a mystery and it's a bottle movie because it all takes place inside their little house morgue mortician place whatever funeral home is there a monster in her belly uh you know i don't want to give anything away but it's great it's good horror it's scary it's awesome i love it my prediction is there's a monster in her body maybe and it jumps out at them who knows who knows no spoilers for me. Yeah, fair enough. But the point is that Vampire Stepdad is a cool guy. Aww. Thank you for joining me again. It's always fun catching up. People should go to vampirestepdad.org and pick up <laughs> Sanguine. Uh, it's a good time. It's pronounced Sanguine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I want to say sanguine like a fucking pasta. It's actually vampirestepdad.edu, but whatever. <laughs> .gov slash... Uh, .co.uk. Yeah, and they have to pay you in qubits. Bitcoin. I only No, I only take NFTs. What a fucking thing. I Actually, you know what? I don't get it, and no matter how many people explain it to me, it makes no sense. Yeah. So... It's never going to sink in. Yeah, I, I get it. I'm just not interested at all. And the people who are really interested in it are, oh, man. <laughs> Nothing says this is a bad idea than when the people who are excited about it are, like, changing their entire lives around it. Like, yeah. you could just have an NFT or two and, and be happy with that. You don't have to make it your whole, like, identity now. But Yeah. I feel like there's certain things like that that just get people excited to the point where um, it's just weird. Yeah. You know, it's like, I get it. You smoke pot. That's great. Fine. Do your thing. <laughs> but like, you don't need, you don't need a, a sweater and a beanie that has a pot leaf on it. Like, we're good. Like, just, it's cool, man. Yeah, it is interesting. There was definitely like huge cultures around that where it's like, you can't just smoke yeah. the weed. It's like, you got to be all in on some, like mm-hmm. you're in on the ground level of something, you know, and like everything you, yeah. I, I would know people like that. Like just would talk about it all the time. I'm like. Imagine if we were just doing the same conversation but talking about booze. Like, you'd be like, who is this boring asshole? Who, like, could you imagine having a friend, like, every day just, you know how great beer is, man? Oh, beer. I'm drinking beer, man. It's so good. You'd be like, who is this idiot? So, so I'm... I'm feeling that you don't know anybody who does homebrewing because that's kind of their thing. <laughs> okay, well, at least they're they're actually doing something. Yeah, that's true. Because people would even get super excited about weed if they didn't have their three plants at home or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> am I alienating the audience? Or am I just like an audience of potheads? 
I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Because we're going to find out. Who knows? Again, if that's your thing, fine. Just, you know, it doesn't need to be your whole personality. That's all. No, man, I'm a square. People should know now. If they're smoking weed, cops are going to come and they're going to take your three plants. Yeah. That's not even true. You can legally have three plants here now or six, I think. I wouldn't know. I don't know what's going on up in Canada. You guys can do whatever you want. Yeah, man. Fucking smoking weed and blunts. Looking at the CN Tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I do. (laughs) I look out my window and I think about my edits. And I'm like, <laughs> I could really use some stock footage. Arcgrid.io. It's a game changer. Oh, you are so good at accents. <laughs> Just because I've watched that video a million times. like yeah. I couldn't even tell you exactly what kind of accent that is either. It's like, mm. it's like some like Israeli actor doing a British accent who has kind of a speech impediment. It's, mm. Anyway, look, the point is, mm. get out of here. Yeah. Go make some more music. And okay. people should go check out Vampire Stepdad. You got a nice back catalog of stuff. Yeah. All right. Of course. Or something. <laughs> All right, Thanks, man. Thanks, Andy. This was fun. I'm sorry for anyone who has to listen to it, but yeah. Now, whatever. They paid. <laughs> Suckers. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> thanks, guys. No. <laughs> All right. Take care, dude. All right, man. Have a good one. All right, that was my conversation with Vampire Stepdad. Always uh, fun to catch up with him and, of course, to catch up with Parallels. Hope you enjoyed the show. Tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. I hope you all have a great week, and I hope you enjoyed the show, and I will see you later. Now get out. Thanks for Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you. Let me show you how to create an amazing ad using stock footage. Go to artgrid.io. Look at all this great footage. It was always a challenge for me to create a high-end commercial only with stock footage. With ArtGrid, it's finally possible. There are no standalone clips. Every clip is part of a sequence, and I have unlimited downloads, which gives me the full flexibility I need to create. Let's get this shot, that shot, and this one. Those are perfect. Oh, and the license covers everything. Now that's a game changer. Go to Our Good Today and start creating without limits.